Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking about how to correctly engage your core muscles. Uh, before we get into that, thank you very much for joining us. This is episode number 50 of our live streams. We've done these back-to-back -back every single weekday since the back end of March. So really excited uh, about hitting this milestone. Thank you to all of you guys that have joined uh, for these, all the questions and answers and all the comments, etc. It's been good fun and to many more uh, ahead. Uh, before we do get into the video as well, just remember if you are new, then please do consider subscribing if you find the information useful and consider sharing it with anyone that might also benefit from uh, these, the Q and A's that we do at the end of these live streams at, at times like now, especially, but even um, under normal circumstances, getting the opportunity to get a better understanding of how to effectively deal with back pain can really, really help with the long-term prognosis as well as dealing with the short-term pain so you know you're doing the right stuff from day one rather than allowing it to get worse over time. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic of how to correctly engage your core. So uh, you can see on the board behind me, I've got a few questions and on the screen just over here, you'll see a few problems. And just while we're going through this, if you guys have any questions, Lara is the other side of the uh, of the computers and the setup. So she'll be able to read those questions out towards the end. So any Q&A uh, or questions for the Q&A, stick those in the comments underneath, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, we can see them all. Um, I wanted to kick this video off starting with the problems. Now, if you um, are in the Back in Shape membership site, you'll notice the very first in the free basic uh, program, the very first exercise we're doing there is is the core engagement and there are a few problems that people regularly run into when they're doing this and it's kind of an insight into uh, why you really need to do it so number one is I can't breathe number two is people are flattening their back uh, doing a pelvic tilt they're they're trying to flatten the curve towards the floor um, some people are engaging their six-pack only some people really struggle with this some of you ladies that have had c-sections for whatever reason that may well have been um, that can also be an additional challenge and there can sometimes just be the brain does not want to connect with those muscles and allow you to do the exercise so that is why we teach it the way we teach it um, but I wanted to through, run through these four um, points on the board behind me so you guys can get a better understanding of why we start with this exercise because um, as we're going through this explanation we're essentially learning to engage that core correctly. Um, if you understand why we're doing it this way, some of these problems that you'll come into, you'll understand that they're just kind of learning curves. They're part of the process, depending on how easy or difficult you find this particular exercise. So the first one, is this applicable under load? So if we take the flattening the, uh, the curve in the back, and if I touch on actually the exercise first and foremost, we're essentially looking to engage the core muscles, the corset. And I say to people all the time, imagine you've got a corset on. Ladies will know this maybe a little bit more or more likely to know this than a guy. And if you pull the strings on the back, everything comes in and tightens. From the rib cage all the way down to the pelvic girdle, it produces a tightening effect. So what we want to do when we're doing this exercise is our tummy, when we're learning to do it with our breath, our tummy should come out like that. And then as we're, as we're engaging the core, it's not a six-pack contraction like that. It's actually a drawing in everything flattens my spine did not move at all when i did that so i'll do it one more time for you as you breathe in and then as you breathe out 
everything comes in it's in and tightening you can see it more evidently on the front than you can from the side profiles but everything's coming in and squeezing and you'll note that my back did not flatten and that is applicable under load that's the first question the first point out the way a lot of times people who've had previous experience doing things like pilates they will tie this into a pelvic tuck and what's happening here is you're led on your back and we've got this natural hollow underneath the lumbar spine where we've got the lordosis you might have remembered this from previous videos and then what we're doing what what is instructed incorrectly uh, but I'll explain why in a moment is to tuck the pelvis round this way and flatten the curve to help you with the core engagement now you can see immediately that flattens and reduces the natural lumbar lordosis and is problematic and if we ask that very first question number one is this applicable under load do we want to be walking around with a flat lumbar curve no we do not so what we're trying to do, and it does sound simplistic, and sometimes people skip these exercises and go, no, it's too easy, I'm not feeling it. If you're not able to feel the core engagement correctly, lying on your back, what on earth hope do you have of being able to effectively do any of the other rehabilitation exercises? And it's really that simple, and sometimes people get frustrated. And fortunately in the clinic, when we have these struggles, we can actually go through it with you in person, you know, put the hands on, make sure you're feeling it right. Some extra little tips, which I'll get into later on. Point number four, uh, sorry, point number five. Um, but we can help you a little bit more. But I will stress, some people do struggle with this, uh, especially if you've been living your life breathing incorrectly for an extended period of time. It just takes time. Sometimes it can take two weeks before you go, oh, that's what it felt like, or was supposed to feel like. But we're looking to engage the core like I did when I was just standing up. And like you'll see on the video, if you're in the Back and Shape membership site, there will be a link below uh, this video. So you can sign up if you're not uh, in, that, in that membership already. It's free to join uh, the phase one, the phase one basic protocol. Um, so what we're doing is we're engaging the core without moving the spine. And that means we can keep our spine in a nice neutral lordotic position. So it's effectively load bearing and not challenging any of these segments down towards the bottom. So that is the very first question you need to ask yourself. And if you're instructed to do any of these posterior pelvic tilts or flattening the curve to the back, this is going to be incorrect. We do not do this. Um, the, the reasons that you are instructed to do this for, for, for future reference or so you can understand why is because quite often um, in exercises like Pilates, this may progress on to other exercises that involve movements of the legs. And the thought process, I believe, there, or the way I rationalize that instruction um, from a mechanical point of view, is if you tuck your pelvis under as they instruct, like so, the thing they want you to avoid is hyperextending as your leg goes out. So if you're doing an exercise like a leg raise, which we wouldn't advise, but if you're doing an exercise like the dead bug, if you overcompensate and tuck, it makes it more easy for you to avoid that, and that will hurt. What we're instructing you to do is take that next step and be more effective without the damage of doing a posterior pelvic tuck and just engage and learn to hold it effectively. So if you can't get your legs going all the way out, and this is more a phase two exercise for you guys if you're, if you're part of the, the membership site, but if you can't get your legs to go all the way out to flat without hinging here, then just do a half rep. And that way we can focus on building a stability in a neutral position, which is directly transferable to you guys being up and about because most of the time there's going to be pain at some point during the upright process of daily living and that's most likely why you guys are even here in the first place because you've hurt your back. So that's the first point. Is it applicable under load? 
The problem of I can't breathe when I'm doing these is because when we're teaching you guys to do this, we found the most effective way is to reprogram the way in which you breathe and therefore you're hooking your breath to the actual process of engaging the core. It just tends to help you guys being able to actually feel the exercise working. Um, that's the only reason for it. Now what you should be able to do with time is if I demonstrate, I did it earlier when I was breathing, but if I demonstrate now, without breathing, you should be able to control this and get it going in and out, or in or out, or in or out. And there is no breath happening. I'm gonna hold it here just while I'm talking to you guys now so you can see that I am able to breathe because what I'm doing now is using my core muscles rather than using my breathing to help me learn how to engage this. So. I, I know um, one, of the, one of the members uh, was mentioning this or someone commented on a video yesterday, I can't yes, remember. She's, yeah, she's actually okay, awesome. Um, so yeah, so th this was a comment yesterday. It's, some, it, it's the way we teach it in terms of how to learn how to feel it, but then you need to start to play around with that so you can learn how to more effectively engage it so that breathing is not part of the core engagement process because you shouldn't need to worry about your breathing when you're engaging your core muscles. It's like saying, do you have to hold your breath if you're doing a bicep curl? It's the same sort of thing. It's just the way we teach it. And that's why you, some of you guys find it a little bit difficult to transition. And that's just a skill thing. You'll get better at it, don't worry. It just comes with practice, but you are supposed to continue breathing when you're doing some of the other exercises like the dead bugs or like the stretches, etc. when you're keeping the core engaged. Now, the next one is, uh, on it, is this applicable for durations? I've kind of already addressed that here. Um, if you're just holding your breath and doing it, then it's not applicable for long durations. And that's where that learning step that I just covered um, is, is very, is, is, is kind of addresses that situation. Uh, the next one, is it preserving the normal curve? And really the biggest criticism is those flattening the curve exercises um, where people are learning to engage their core whilst doing that pelvic tuck. It just doesn't help because you, you, you need to be able to do it independent of movement. And also a posterior pelvic tuck is flattening the lordosis. And if you've seen any of our last 50 live streams, you'll know that flattening the lordosis for the overwhelming majority of back pain patients is not a good idea. Um, it, it will open out the foramina. Flattening the curve opens out these little holes to create a bit more space, but in the process of that, it damages the discs and also stretches some of these structures that are trying to tighten back up and heal effectively. So we want to try and avoid this. And the final question, I suppose, and the reason I've put this on here, this, this fourth question before we get into candles, is why don't other people teach this? Why aren't, um, why aren't you know, Pilates instructors doing this? And, and the simple answer is, is it's not their fault, but they are just working to a set of principles that are very much external in. They are aware of the spine and, and many competent um, Pilates instructors will be very cautious around the spine and want to make sure that you're not getting any back pain when you're doing your exercises, but they don't that it's not their remit to have this detailed understanding of the spinal biomechanics because that's not the interface in which they work. So it but but what we often find is when we do work directly with um Pilates instructors, etc. or we, we uh, refer uh, patients to, to do some sort of Pilates, they're actually really, really receptive to these notions and will then adjust certain aspects of their training protocols with that particular individual. So um, they're, they're really, really good. And, and please don't use this, uh, this criticism of those as a way of, you know, uh, not discrediting, but getting upset at your Pilates instructor. Um, they are always 
really, really good. And the same for yoga instructors uh, as a general rule. They're, both of those guys, I know some of the things that we talk about are a little bit critical of those things, but those people, they always want to help you. They always want to do the best for you. And they really do understand in a lot of cases that the back is a little bit more complex. Um, and, and, and yeah, so we've covered that. The final one I wanted to talk about was candles and we were talking about cake again I know if you were in like yesterday's live stream we spoke about cake uh, maybe that's because Lara and I are doing a little bit of a more restrictive diet at the moment <laughs> and therefore and therefore it's just in the mind um, but anyway uh, the reason I talk about candles is this is a nice one that helps you if you're struggling if you just started doing some of the phase one uh, core engagement exercises and you're a little bit new to this this little technique can really help you so as you're breathing in your stomach is filling and moving out and as we're breathing out all the way our stomach is engaging and squeezing tightly and if you imagine you're breathing you're, you're trying to blow out candles once you've finished your exhalation slowly try and just get an extra breath like that and you'll just get that sometimes that's the trick that's required to actually allow the person to feel the core engaged because once you've lost all your diaphragmatic movement you have to use those cores because the core muscles because they are what's called accessory muscles of respiration up here we have accessory muscles of respiration and our core can help so when we need to get either very very full lungs or very very empty lungs we can engage those to squeeze that little bit of extra air out so as you're doing this even if you're sat watching this right now if you breathe in with me so you breathe in and your tummy fills and then as you breathe out slowly all the way out you're still breathing out now and you feel your core engage or maybe you don't and then once you're, you've got no no air left to give then do an extra blow to blow out those candles like that and you'll feel those muscles engage do not move your spine if you go like that you're going to hurt yourself remember what we said at point number one is this applicable under load we keep the spine neutral we're just engaging those muscles for a little extra squeeze so that is pretty much it for today, guys, on the core engagement process. Hopefully you guys have found it helpful and better understanding um, the reasons behind it and why it really is such a fundamental exercise. Because if you can't get to grips with this, then, then what we find quite often is people will have the choreography in phase two and phase three exercises, but there's not the engagement of the core. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. And that's not, in, that's, that, that's not meant to be sort of a mean jab. That's just the reality. People often are quite good at doing the more gross movements but when it comes to the control of those deeper muscles the, the biggest cue and this is more guilty of, of guys tend to, uh, than ladies is that you tend to say oh I need more weight let me do more reps let me add an extra resistance band if you're in phase three to feel it because I can't feel it if you cannot feel the exercise by just shadowing them then you don't have enough core control, you don't have enough muscular control, and you need to focus on feeling the contraction. And that sounds a little bit esoteric, it sounds a little bit peculiar, but you'll get what I mean once you get it. And, and that really is important because a lot of us get into trouble with our backs because we don't have that body control. And when you're in an injury, it's injured state, especially with back pain, something that requires a bit of time to heal, we need to improve the competence that protects our lower back and protects those muscles. And that comes from doing controlled exercises and having a good core foundation. So with that, with that being said, we can do some Q&A. Okay, brilliant. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Thanks. Okay, Joe has asked, uh, is engaging the core appropriate for every exercise or just the ones that involve the spine? No, it's for everything. 
Um, so your core should be a foundational block upon which everything else works. So whether it's the phase three upper body exercises or whether it's the squats, our core should be engaged to protect our spine. But even if you're doing the stretches to a certain degree, you want to have a little bit of passive core engagement. And I think someone else, just going on to, off that question, um, someone else asked at some point, or maybe this is a patient in the clinic, I can't remember, but it's definitely been asked by a patient in the clinic over the years, is um, am I supposed to be engaged like this all the time? Well, with time, you improve passive tone. The more you're doing these things, the more you're thinking about it, you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you're, you're doing something in the kitchen or you're doing whatever, the core should be engaged to a passive degree. What we're doing with these exercises is we're overcooking it, we're, we're over-engaging it during the exercise and coming in here so that the passive will start to come down here and we'll have a slightly higher passive level of, of tone and that subconscious engagement will be there as opposed to it being down on the floor with no engagement whatsoever. And that's where you really start to get into a very strong position. I'm not talking bodybuilder strong, I'm talking about endurability and, and, and safety from, from back trouble. Okay, Karen's asked, just going back to the durations part, if someone is able to separate the core engagement from the breath, do you recommend trying to uh, engage the core for longer durations throughout the day or just when doing specific things? Yes, yeah, so that's a really good question, yeah. uh, Karen. Um, the, the, essentially, if you guys didn't hear that or can't see that in the chat, if you're on the, on a, the different platform, um, it's about should you, if you are able to disengage your core from your breath, so that's to say, like what I did earlier, where you're just freely engaging and disengaging your core. Is it worthwhile doing that for extended periods during the day? And I would argue if you're in phase one or even phase two at this stage, definitely yes. Learning to more subconsciously do that while you're, as I said, uh, um, you know, waiting for the kettle to boil, while you're stood on the tube, uh, etc. Just learning to engage that because it's really a technique thing that 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 first exercise and even uh, even to a degree the psoas exercise as well it is a technique that you're looking to learn and that will take time so the more you can uh, replicate that the better especially if you can make the transition from doing it lying down to doing it standing up without moving your spine remember that is it applicable under load um, then you'll do very very well in the medium and long term okay um, ollie has asked which uh, sorry, would these exercises be a good place to start for people who've had other surgeries like um like appendix surgery. Yeah, so, yeah, so I didn't I didn't touch on so much the C-section bit, but C-sections, hernias, uh, and appendix, appendix uh, operations and, and other operations where the abdominal wall has been invaded, obviously you need to bear in mind the time scales post-operation. So it's not, not necessarily appropriate to start it straight away. And you should always speak to the surgeon that's done the procedure with regards to when can you get back into some core-based exercises or when would they recommend or when shouldn't you be doing it in terms of time scales, maybe it's a couple of weeks, etc that depends on the invasiveness and the success of your personal operation but most certainly for the long term if you've got any of those sorts of um, sorts of issues generally speaking the inguinal hernias and the umbilical hernias which is where it pops through here these are all going to be down to a weakness and an ineffectiveness of the um, abdominal uh, uh, supporting structures transverse abdominis the obliques uh, etc and then the thoracolumbar fascia it's generally going to be down to a weakness in those muscles that has allowed that uh, weak spot where the hernias occur to actually take place or the c-section or the appendix has created an artificial weak spot so re-engaging that core and learning to strengthen it back up is is of vital importance because otherwise that process and I mentioned the c-sections explicitly it can be quite disruptive and lead to problems further on down the line with regards to back pain 
pain. Not so much that, that, that you're more likely to maybe get back pain, although I wouldn't be surprised if there is research that suggests you are, but it's more that once you get back pain, you start to get a very difficult, have a very difficult time of recovering. Okay, um, right, I'm gonna jump over to YouTube. Gina has asked, what yep. is your take on squatting and sleeping in the fetal position? Doesn't that tighten the hip flexors? Um, so squatting uh, is, is definitely a good exercise to get into uh, without a shadow of a doubt it needs to be done correctly and you can see that in the phase two exercises um, there when we're doing a squat the big mistake that people make is as they, because they don't have flexibility as they're coming down uh, the hamstrings pull a little bit all the techniques not there and the back and the bum tucks under and you see what that does to the lower back not a good idea at all so we don't want to be doing incorrect squatting form we talk about that at length um, in the phase two uh, exercises, um, uh, phase two squats in particular, uh, mainly because we need to be doing it correctly. We don't want you guys doing anything with incorrect form. That's very important, but squats are very good because you're squatting all day. And it's better if you learn and ingrain a good technique for squatting so that you're effectively going up and down in a way that's good for your lower back because that transmit transposes, I suppose, to all sorts of exercises, whether it's getting up out of the chair, whether it's gardening, whether it's getting on the bus, whether it's getting in the car, it's always going to be a squat. And if we've got in our mind a very grooved, natural, normal and effective way of doing that squat, we're going to be an awful lot safer. On the topic of the fetal position, it's not so much the tightening of the hip flexors, although that is quite rightly um, going to be a potential issue it's more the fact that the fetal position is curved when we're a fetus uh, or a baby might be a more pleasant way of putting it um, you have one curve you actually don't have three curves when we're when we're a child and this is getting maybe a little bit off topic we have one curve and it's actually the the process of us learning to crawl and then stand that actually allows these curves to develop and therefore a fetal position is going to completely round the lower back which as we know is not something that we want to do especially for extended periods so if you're sleeping on your side sleep in a nice neutral position imagine with that little curve in the lower back and if we are having the pillows between the knees for example for a little bit of relief then we still want to be in a neutral position we don't want to be curled up like so because that will be problematic for the long term even if it's comfortable in the short Okay, well, Any I other think, questions? No, I think that's everything. Awesome. Well, I know I did make a post. If you're in the Back in Shape membership site, I did actually make a post on Facebook. So sorry if you guys saw that a little bit late. I did do about 15 minutes before we started, so maybe not quite the uh, appropriate amount of notice for you guys. Um, but if you are watching this after the fact, you've got any questions on this, we always look at the comments on every single YouTube Live and Facebook Live that we do and do our best to get back to you on those questions um, as much as we can. So please do feel free to stick a comment in the comment section below if you got any questions or any of this wasn't clear or even let us know how long did it take you to get to grips with the core engagement exercise if you've already done it are you still struggling are you still finding it difficult um, let us know in the comments below and we'll be sure to check those out and as always thank you very much for joining us on our 50th live stream that's really awesome we look forward to doing many many more of these and it is something that we are going to continue or committed to continue in spite of the clinic getting uh, a little bit busier so there may be a bit of a, an alteration in the structure as uh, we come out of lockdown down uh, in terms of what time of day we do it but we're going to really try and give you guys advanced warning as to when we're going to go live and as always if you when you're subscribing to the channel hit the notification bell because that way uh, make sure you've got the notifications on properly that way you'll at least know when we release another video or when we're scheduling our next live stream so thanks again for joining us it's been awesome have a great weekend and we will see you on monday with another live stream